Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. And thank you for listening to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. We are well into season two, and I'm very excited. Be sure to give me some feedback about this or any other episode. I can be reached directly at my website, gethappywithjay.com, or on our Facebook page, and be sure and like it. Still loving the theme music? It's Get Happy by the phenomenal artist Jeremy Rain. Also, to get notified of every new upload, just subscribe wherever you're listening. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, and of course, the website. A review would be lovely as well. Now on to the show. I did a pre-midterm election show a couple of weeks ago in an attempt to help us get through the political funk in a positive way or as positive as possible. And I truly hope that there was something said in that episode that perhaps helped you. Fast forward to today, the midterms are over. And before I go any further, I want to sincerely thank each and every one of you who took the time to vote. It can be an inconvenience and it can be stress inducing because with all the craziness, the talking points from every direction, it can leave you so frustrated that the temptation is to just forget it. Every vote counts. As I say that, I am well aware that there are tens of thousands of people this very moment who feel disillusioned and sad and feel like despite their best efforts, the results they hoped and prayed for did not come to pass. When feeling like that, it's easy to give up and throw in the towel. Please don't. Your voice matters. Your candidate may have not won this time, but collectively we spoke loud and clear. Personally, I had mixed feelings about the results. It left us with a nation more divided than ever. I must admit that I am happy that there were at least some sort of check and balance made on this current presidential administration. In the state where I reside, I was pretty satisfied with our results for the most part. So when the midterm election was over, I was kind of breathing a sigh of relief. I didn't get everything I wanted, but at least some. Then a harsh reality hit me. In my time of relief from it, I was faced with the fact that many fellow Americans were left feeling more angry and hurt than ever. I am specifically talking about the residents of states like Texas, Georgia, and Florida. There were some terrific fresh new candidates running that got our constituents excited, and people all across the country were watching their races. I'm talking about Beto O'Rourke, Andrew Gilliam, and Stacey Abrams. Many people like my special guest today took time out of their lives to stump for those candidates, to make sure everyone they knew got out to the polls. It worked at least somewhat. This midterm election was record-breaking in turnout. As it turned out, there was excitement from supporters of both political parties, and they came out in droves to vote. There was, however, a move of darkness that 
spoiled the experience for many. There were overt attempts to suppress votes and perhaps even destroy ballots. People have complained that some ballots were intentionally confusing, leaving it difficult for them to find the candidates they wished to vote for on the forms. There were too many shady examples to even mention them all. There's a gentleman that I follow on YouTube and I really enjoy his humorous social commentary. I started watching his recent show on the topic of the midterm election and my heart broke. This usually joyous man was literally reduced to tears as he expressed his disappointment about the election results. He openly shared his feeling of discontent and that he was left feeling hopeless and that his voice didn't matter. Hearing his testimony was a reminder of the trauma that our current political discourse is causing. That's right, I said trauma. The hateful vitriol, confusion, and fear is a mix that is causing serious mental health problems. I think we have all felt it to a certain degree. Even me, who, as you know, worked very hard to have a positive outlook on everything. At times, I've been struggling as well. I have shared that it gets to be too much and I have to take media breaks. There are days I just can't stand to hear one more politically related thing. That's just coming from one person. Imagine that stress multiplied by the millions of us who are sensitive to it. Now further imagine how it affects someone with serious diagnosable mental health disorders. Someone that can't turn it off or redirect. A person that constantly feeds their mind with the poison until something snaps. We have seen what this looks like. In the past three weeks, there were two African Americans gunned down by a racist at a grocery store in Kentucky, 11 people killed in a synagogue in Pittsburgh last week. And most recently, a couple of days ago, 12 innocent people killed in Thousand Oaks, California at a bar. And I can't forget to mention the mail bomber who sent out 16 bombs with the intent to kill. These were all domestic terror attacks, which all have the commonality of at least partially being politically motivated. Were there also mentally unstable conditions as well? Possibly, but we can't use that as an excuse to deny that something twisted has happened to our politics. Politics should not be lethal, and especially not in this once great democracy. Now let me introduce my guest today, and we'll take the discussion further. I had seriously not intended to make another single political episode, but I couldn't ignore the pain I was witnessing from others. I think my guest feels me on that. Welcome Daryl Whiting, a concerned citizen and a current Floridian. Daryl, welcome. Uh, <laughs> How are hey. you doing? Hey, I'm hanging in here and uh, we're expecting some great things to happen during this uh, election season. So that that's awesome. It sounds like you're remaining optimistic down there in Florida. Definitely. Uh, we, I, I am. I'm very much optimistic. Uh, I have reason to be optimistic. Uh, and I'd like to, I can't wait to just share uh, what I know uh, with uh, the folks that might be listening who may be a little discouraged. Uh, yes, there are plenty of they people. Want, they want to see change, mm-hmm. but it hasn't happened yet. But there is a process that goes along with Election Day, and then there are things that happen after the Election Day. So that's uh, something that I'm very much excited about. Okay, let's take it back. Tell us how you first um, became so involved in politics, because I've known you since about 2000, and I didn't realize that you were political until 
the 2012 election when uh, Barack Obama yep. was running for his second term. And then I started noticing your posts on Facebook and that yep. you were like going to rallies and things like that. So yeah. what got yeah. you that interested from going from just being a voter to someone who's active? Well, I would say for me, uh, first of all, I want to say hello to everyone that might be listening. Uh, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I, in fact, I grew up in South Memphis, 38109. I want to shout out to 38109. And for me, how I got involved, Jay, was my father, Prince Whiting Jr., he was very, he was involved with uh, some of the events that happened in Memphis, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, et cetera. And so... Uh, for me, I kind of saw some of that, and it, I think it just kind of spilled over, you know, uh, to me. Now, I will say there was a time in my life where I kind of, you know, didn't, I wasn't as active as I am now, but I think I, it, I think it really started with my father. And then when you mentioned uh, when uh, President, uh, former President Barack Obama ran for office, the same, one of the things that I did is I took my son, uh, DJ and Darius, Daryl Jr. and Darius, I took them to meetings. I took them, uh, we were in Texas at that time, I took them to events with me. Uh, DJ was getting close to vote. Darius was not ready to vote yet, but he was, you know, of age, you know, but I wanted them to see the experience. I wanted them to experience meetings. I wanted them to experience uh, hearing different conversations so they can make their own decisions. And has that stuck with them? Are they voters to this day? They are. They are. It has stuck with them, uh, and I'm glad for that. Just like, you know, me witnessing my father march in Memphis with the sanitation workers uh, with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. So I'm glad that it carried over. And I think that's so important in our community. It's important for us to see our uh, parents, our uh, elders, our community leaders, not just talking the, talking the talk, but walking the walk. So how do you combat the um, opinions of people? And I've seen it a lot, and it's been kind of disappointing to hear it from um, black uh, leaders, well, not leaders politically, but uh, black social leaders who have, in my opinion, almost been discouraging people to vote and having the feeling that the Democratic Party takes the black vote for granted. What have you done for me lately? What do you right. say to people when you're out there stumping <laughs> for candidates about, yeah. like, okay, they're not doing anything for the black community? How do you combat those ideas? Well, I, a great that's a great question. And I will say this. It's, it's a personal thing for me because I know that my vote counts. I have no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I know if I don't vote, I, I can't say nothing. I cannot talk. I can't. I got to shut up. You know, I'm just going to be real with you. I got to be quiet. I can't talk about anything. But if I do go vote, then I have a voice. But for the individual who may say, oh, you know, uh, your vote doesn't count, uh, you know, involvement here, involvement there. We don't know about those things. There's a trial going on and, you know, research and all of that. But what I do know, especially here in the state of Florida, where we are facing a a, a recount, uh, which hopefully will be announced uh, in the next uh, few hours, uh, hopefully on Sunday, a recount. So with that recount, what they're going to look at is how many people voted for this candidate and how many people 
actually voted for the other candidate. Mm -hmm. Every vote will matter. Every vote will matter. So that being said, we as a people, and I'm an African-American man, I'm 52 at this time, uh, I know about the struggle that my uh, four uh, fathers uh, went through with just getting... <laughs> just getting us to the place where we could vote in this country as a part of the United States Constitution, right? right. The 15th Amendment gives African Americans, uh, gives us the right to vote, to vote, right? To just go and cast a ballot for it. It's your choice. You don't have to. I, it doesn't matter. When I say vote, I'm not saying a political party. I'm not saying whether you have to be Democrat or you have to be Republican or Independent or Green Party or Purple Party or whatever or whomever you choose to vote for. That's your choice. Right. But we have the right to vote. And it and gives you a seat at us. the table. You can't have a us. seat at the table. You can't help direct policy if you're not mm -hmm. part of the process. That's correct. And so, and, and we know what happens is in this country, it's based on democracy. Yes. We are a democratic, not democratic as far as the political party, but we are a democracy, meaning the majority rules. So if you don't vote, or when you don't vote and you are eligible to vote, uh, then your number won't be counted. If we need a thousand and you choose not to vote, that takes away from that thousand that we need in order to make, uh, you know, whatever it is, whether it's these uh, midterms, whether it's presidential or whatever it is, your voice will not be counted. So it is so important. I don't get discouraged. What I, it's what I try, strive to do is I'll talk to folks, and uh, in fact, uh, here in a little bit, I'm going to get out. And my goal today is to get 25 new folks registered to vote. I don't get discouraged. I just continue to uh, just reach out to people, talk to people, share with them, and just, you know, give them information so that they can understand how important their vote is. Are people open to it? Is it like pulling teeth, oh. or are they willing to talk to you? <laughs> that is, oh, I tell you what. Let me tell you what. This is a real story. I, I, I can share so many real stories with you, Jay. So on Tuesday, November the 6th, which, is, was, which, was, uh, which was election day, the general election day here in Florida. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, by the way. Jay. On election day, so I, uh, I am, I'm excited. I'm pumped up because, hey, you know, we want to, I want to, uh, you know, for my candidate to win and hopefully get enough votes. But, you know, regardless of that, it's still about voting. So as I go to the gas station, uh, I stop and give me a cup of coffee, you know, you know, whatever the case may be. I see a young, uh, I was, I'm 52, so I say younger than I am, uh, African American lady, and she has a daughter who's probably, uh, no older than 10 years old with her. And so I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person who will, in, who will uh, ask questions. I'm going to engage you. I'm going to ask. I'm not going to, you know, try to intimidate you, but I want to know. So I asked her, uh, ma'am, did you, did you get a chance to vote? Now, this is Tuesday, Election Day. So we've had uh, several days of, uh, of early voting. So I asked, well, ma'am, did you get a chance to vote in this election? Doesn't matter who you voted for. And and, and her, her response to me was, well, I didn't vote and I'm not going to vote because I am registered to vote on the north side of mm -hmm. Jacksonville. I'm in a, uh, an area called Arling, right? Mm -hmm. So the north side is approximately uh, seven miles from where we were at that time. 
And so she says to me, no, because I'm registered to vote on the north side. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out and I'm scratching my head. Well, why won't you just drive to the north side and cast your ballot to vote? That's what I was thinking, because you said that you were at a gas station. So she probably drove to that gas station. Yes. And so I'm looking at her and then she has her young daughter with her. And I'm thinking to myself, what is so difficult? And we're in the daytime. This is not night. This is. I think it may be about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, well, well probably about 7, 7.30 in the morning. I'm thinking, just drive over there, cast your vote. And it's a done deal, you know. But um, so to answer your question, there are, there are times when I see folks who are, for whatever reason, for one reason or another, they've gotten discouraged or they don't do it, they won't do it. And that is really hurting the process. It's hurting uh, candidates. Because then you can't complain or you can't give your voice. It's hurt. It, it doesn't help at all. It, it hurts. Yeah, and that what's was that lady? Yeah, and what's frustrating to me is a lot of times the people that don't evoke that don't vote. Those are the people that have issues that are going to be affected the most. Like when I look at mm-hmm. this horrific tax plan that went forth that I personally have an attitude about because I feel like my little you know lower middle class dollars are going to pay for tax breaks for billionaires and it's like Mm -hmm. people like me and people of even lower incomes that are not voting it's like you're going against your own interest because you don't vote we've got things like this tax plan in place that's not helping you it's hurting because the deficit is rising so much that they are going to go after Social Security. They're going to go after Medicare and health care. They're already breaking down the Affordable Care Act to the point where they're dwindling it down to nothing. So the issues that affect the very groups of people that don't vote, it frustrates me because it's like, what are you doing? This is about you. This mm-hmm. this directly impacts your life, and you're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It does. It, it does. And I think what has happened, some type of way, there has been a disconnect uh, or a disillusion, I would say. I use that word, disillusion. For some reason or another, uh, there are folks who think that their vote does not matter or their vote won't be counted. And, and on one hand, I've got to give them a little bit of credit, but then on the other hand, I've got to say to them, your vote does matter. And what I mean by that is this. You can look at what's going on here in the state of Florida right now. So uh, if I could talk about it a little bit. Sure. And then we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to come back to it. So in the state of Florida, and maybe in your state as well, wherever you're listening to this, uh, if you are, you know, if you understand the voting process, right? So what happens in most cities, most states uh, around the country is this. Uh, now, this is not true for every city and every state, but what generally happens here in Florida, is, what happens here in Florida is this. We have a season of getting folks to register to vote. And then you have your uh, primaries where, you know, you have a number of candidates that, you know, they're running and on, on the Democratic side, the Republican side, and independents, et cetera. And so then you have your primaries and folks go and they cast their vote for who they would like to see. And that, 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 uh, that you know, those candidates are narrowed down uh, to just one Republican 
you know, one, one Democrat, etc. And so those are the primaries. And then you have a time period where you have the uh, general elections. For us uh, and, and most folks around the country, that general election happened on Tuesday, November the 6th. But we have a season of what we call early voting. Some states don't have early voting, but we have it here in Florida. Here in Illinois as so, well. Mm-hmm. You, you, all, you all have early voting? Yes. Okay. And so for us, uh, so now remember the general election, if you can make some notes, and I hope you do write these things down, I want to share as much good information as I possibly can. So for us, general election happened on Tuesday, November the 6th, probably happened for you as well. But for us in Florida, early voting kicked off on Saturday, October 27th, right? So mm-hmm. Saturday, October 27th through Sunday, November the 4th, we were talking to folks, go early vote. And with early voting for us here in Florida, you can go to any polling place. You don't have to go to your assigned precinct on your uh, voter registration, uh, you know, form or card. You can go anywhere and vote. You can go to the library. Just go cast your vote, cast your ballot, and it's counted as far as we know, right? And so you had that season, and then on Tuesday, November the 6th, you know, that's election day, and so you've got to go to your assigned polling place. And, Jay, guess what? It was that Tuesday that I'm talking to this young lady, asking her, ma'am, did you early vote? No. Are you going to Are you gonna vote today? No. And so it's like, well, why not? Uh, I don't want to go to that side of town. I've heard... I've heard excuses from folks saying, I don't want to uh, register to vote because I don't want to serve on jury duty. I've heard excuses from individuals saying, well, it's against my religion. I'm of this particular faith, and so we don't believe in voting. I've had numbers and uh, numbers of excuses, you know, over and over again, but you've got to realize when you don't vote, when an individual has the right to vote and they're eligible to vote to vote then they're going to lose out and they that really hurt you know the the entire uh process you know that's kind of how i feel about that it absolutely does and and just briefly i do want to talk about the religious aspects and i don't want to go against anyone's religious beliefs but it harkens mm-hmm. back to my childhood and the particular faith that my grandmother was they looked mm-hmm. at at voting as being a part of the world like you're supposed to be in the world but not like of the world so they did not vote and uh, participate in the political process so therefore I was kind of later in life getting into voting because it wasn't something that I was raised to do but to that I say when you look at the Bible I would say Jesus would have been a voter he got in amongst the people he cared about our day-to-day life and in mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the word of god even says you know render under caesar what is caesar well what is Things that that's exactly. yeah that's yeah. partaking in the political process you know yeah it's paying your taxes that's, and the things that affect your everyday life so that's my right. little two cents on that and i'll let that yeah. go we can continue if, if i can if i can if i can uh plug in there and see here's the thing there are times when an individual who you know they have their faith you know and so there may be times when you may be may, you may agree with one particular one political party at this time and then maybe as things change you may agree with a different or the other political party at another time it doesn't necessarily say you have to be democrat or republican that's your choice 
you can vote for whomever you choose to vote for. Yeah, I just say but just wait. be an informed voter. Be an informed voter and guess what? And vote. <laughs> yes. Go vote. Go vote. Just cast a vote. Learn what you, you know, make your choice, you know, but just exercise the right that you have to go vote and go vote and go do it. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So I am so happy to hear that that you have not lost your joy and your enthusiasm. But how are some of your other local Floridians feeling? Are they are they hurt? I mentioned the fact that, you know, the video I saw of the young man who mm-hmm. he was raised in the Miami-Dade area. I believe he now resides mm-hmm. in Atlanta, though. But how mm-hmm. heartbroken he was. And that just it just struck me how people have been so emotionally affected by the results of these elections and and how hopeless he felt. Have you experienced anyone else that, that's feeling like that in Florida? Yes, I have. I have uh, on not only this general election, uh, 2018, November 6th, but also let's go back a few years with the presidential election. Oh, that was a hard one. <laughs> I sobbed. <Right? laughs> that affected me for quite a while. <laughs> So what the, oh, I, I've got to tell you the truth now, you know. So for me, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I got involved, I, I got more visual, uh, you know, more actively and visually involved where I'm posting online, et cetera, when uh, President Barack Obama ran for office uh, several years ago. And then I just stayed involved. I didn't stop. I stayed involved. And so I was in uh, Texas at that time. I moved to Florida, right? What's this? And so then here in Florida... You know, we campaigning. My candidate that I wanted to see win was Hillary Clinton, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, she didn't win. And on election night, with the uh, watching the results, I see people crying, mm-hmm. hurt, disappointed, and disbelief. There are many, many volunteers who volunteer for their particular candidate to go out, knock on doors, make phone calls, send text messages, you know, many wave signs on the, on the street corners. You know, and they want their candidate to win. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen for whatever reason, then there is that discouragement. So on that night, uh, of course, I was disappointed, you know, because I thought you know, it would be a win uh, for Hillary. And then here recently, I thought it would be an easy win for Mayor Andrew Gillum. Uh, you thought it would be easy? You know, I knew it was an. I felt I, I like did. it was going to really be an did. uphill battle. I really did. And the reason I say I thought it would be, when I say easy win, meaning that it wouldn't be as close as it is now. I thought that would be, you know, 54 to maybe, you know, 45 percent, et cetera, based on phone calls, knocking on doors, sending text messages, things like that. But it didn't happen that way. I'm the type of person, personally, that it's like, okay, I do have faith. I'm like, okay, there's got to be perhaps another way, and so we'll talk about that hopefully later. But I did see so many people get discouraged because they wanted, it, it was not so much as about the, the person as the candidate, but what that candidate stood for, health care. One lady, one young lady, Jay, one young lady asked me about the $15 an hour minimum wage mm-hmm. that's what she was voting for she was voting for a 15 dollar an hour increase wage minimum wage on her paycheck yeah to so have a living me, wage yes she told me she told me 
Mr. Darrell. She called me Mr. Darrell. She said, Mr. Darrell, struggling to make it right now. I'm trying to make it. Got, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to maintain my household, my children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this $15 an hour wage would help me out. I said, oh, you know, that's, this is the reason why. And so when I followed up with her, and she was like, you know what, I, 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 you know, what to do, you know. <laughs> and so I said, hey, don't give up. You know, there are still some other options. But what my point is, is yes, there are, many, there are, there are several people that I interacted with and I followed up with who were, you know, discouraged, disillusioned. So I talked to them, I shared some things, and that's what we need to understand. Uh, can, I, can I, if I can share with this with your audience, is this. The general election happens on a particular day. For us, it was Tuesday, November the 6th. But there are many, many things that happen after the general election. For an example, what most people don't know, and by the way, I just want to give a shout out to our uh, supervisor of election, who is Mike Hogan. And what he does, and I, I'm holding it in my hand, he produces, uh, his office supervisor of election, Duval County here in Jacksonville, Florida. They uh, make available a 2018-2019-8 calendar. And on this calendar, Jay, I am looking at dates and what happens after the election. For an example, what most people didn't know is on Thursday, November the 8th, that's the deadline for an individual who had to vote by a provisional ballot. And that's what we're dealing that's what we were dealing with a few days ago. Mm-hmm. If an individual voted by a provisional ballot, uh, they had to uh, provide evidence of their eligibility to vote and they had to get it to the supervisor of elections office by five PM. Mm-hmm. So if they what what do we mean by provisional ballot? Right. So let's say you go to uh, here in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida, and pretty much over the state of Florida. Let's say you are assigned to a particular voting precinct. Right. Mm -hmm. And during early voting, you can go anywhere and vote. You can go to the library on the north side or south side, the east side, the west side. It doesn't matter. You go show your ID. You can go vote. But on election day, you need to go to your assigned precinct. Now, that's been confusing to some individuals. And that's why they have a provisional ballot. So individuals did that. They were they were assigned to go to a particular pre- precinct, but they didn't go. So they went to a different precinct, and they voted. They cast a vote. The uh, poll worker gave them a provisional ballot. They filled it out. They put their name, their address on there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cast their vote. Now watch this. What happened then is some of those provisional ballots were kicked back. They didn't get read. It kicked, you know, it, it wasn't counted. But the individual has that was Tuesday, but they haven't uh, Tuesday, Wednesday until Thursday at 5 p.m. to make sure that their provisional ballot was eligible and it counted. If you have voted by provisional ballot and there's a mm-hmm. question about your eligibility, is that individual contacted or is it up to you as an individual to follow up to make sure your vote was counted in case there was an issue? That is a great, great question. Now, I'm not an expert on this, but I'm looking at the supervisor of elections calendar here in Duval County, and I will answer that question like this. Um, the election takes place on Tuesday the 6th, right? Mm-hmm. And when I watch this, if you have a pen and paper, I ask you to write some notes. On Thursday, November the 8th, which is 6th, 7th, 8th, Thursday, November the 8th, the individual, the person, the man, the woman who was el- eligible to vote, they are responsible provi- for providing evidence that they are 
eligible, their ID, their passport, their military ID, their student ID, if their signature didn't, you know, work out, et cetera. So they've got uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you're talking about, what, 72 hours, 48, 72 Mm -hmm. hours that they, that it's on them to make sure that their vote is eligible. Well, now watch this. I'm looking at a calendar and I'm flipping the page. I wish we could make a video. (laughs) But the supervisor of election office, now this is here in Florida. This is part of the problem. This is why folks are frustrated and, you know, they, there needs to be changes, right? Mm-hmm. So the supervisor of election office, they have until December or the last, I should say the last day, they have until December the 6th. So almost 30 days, the, the supervisor of election, they have almost 30 days to let the individual know that their provisional ballot had some sort of problem, their signature, their address didn't match up or something of the sort. So understand what I'm saying. You, The individual, you've got two days to check, you know, to make sure. But the supervisor of election office, they've got about 30, they, they've got 30 days to let you know. And so that in and of itself, to me, is it's just not right. You know, it's not fair because, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's so much going on. Most folks don't even know this. I probably am just breaking news right now and letting people know that if you voted by a provisional ballot and here in Florida, you've got two days for you to follow up to make sure that your vote counted. But the supervisor of election office, the supervisor, they've got 30 days to tell you, hey, your vote didn't count. Wow. So basically, so basically with the recounts, we've got to do yeah. better. We've yeah. got to do better. We've got to do better. This is 2018. And that is nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It's totally nonsense. So basically with the recounts and votes still being counted, we mm-hmm. may not get the absolute results in like Florida and in Georgia because there are similar situations mm-hmm. going on in Georgia, especially with the gubernatorial race there. We might not know who really won until sometime in December, you're saying? I, exactly. But I encourage you to contact your county clerk and find out the process. Contact your supervisor of election uh, office and find out the process. Ask if they have a calendar and take a look at it. So here's what happened for me here in Florida. So I'm registered to vote. I did that several years ago, right? So I, I'm not going to wait till election day because it could be raining, uh, hurricane, or whatever the case may be, and I want my vote to count. So I early voted. So I went to the library, showed my ID. I received uh, the uh, individual... Gave me a little printout of uh, my the ballot for my neighborhood, et cetera. Uh, took that receipt to another individual. They gave they printed the ballot, gave me the ballot. I then took that ballot to a uh, enclosed area and I cast my my vote, my vote, right? And then I took that ballot. And this is important. I'm saying this for a reason. I know I'm being I'm breaking it down, but I'm saying it for a reason. I took that paper ballot to a machine. I dropped it in and it scanned it and read it or whatever it did, and it said accepted. And then I went to the next location, and the individual gave me a sticker, a sticker with the American flag on it, and it says I voted. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling pretty good, and most people. It goes like that. Oh, I've learned that that same things happen. That same process happens with provisional ballots. Just because you voted does not mean that your vote was 
counted. There's a difference in mm-hmm. the two. Okay? Just because we have this sticker and I posted, I put my sticker over my eye and I took a picture. <laughs> yeah, we all I did our. To know. You yeah, we all I, did I our cheesy, hey, I voted pictures, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's a sticker? What is a sticker? A sticker confirms nothing. A sticker mm-hmm. means nothing. If you voted by provisional ballot at that polling place and you got a sticker, that means the sticker means absolutely nothing. It means that you got a sticker. But it does not confirm that your vote was counted. We are doing a, a digital process with analog technology. And we've mm-hmm. got to bring all of the technology up to a digital age, in my opinion. That's Absolutely. My opinion. Right. It right? cuts down so, on a lot of errors. It does. If I, don't, I got a sticker. Let me ask you, if I asked you, if I were to say... When you go to Walmart or whatever store, if you go to Subway, you get a Subway sandwich. When you go to uh, the convenience store and you purchase something or you make a transaction, you get a, and I'm holding it in my hand, you, can probably, you get a paper receipt of the transaction, not a sticker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's time for us to get a, a, a paper transaction saying, Daryl Whiting, your vote was counted. And, I and it would also help on that if we had some sort of receipt system that it would give you in your hand proof of who you voted for. Because I heard exactly. about a lot of shenanigans about machines yes. changing your votes yes. and craziness yes. like that. Yes, exactly. I'm looking at a receipt that I have. I'm, I'm holding it in my hand. I hope you can hear the I'm, I'm waving it so you can hear the, the sound. You know, this is a real receipt. Every transaction that I did on this receipt, I see it. I see what it costs exactly. So we, there, you know, this is 2018, and we need the technology. The technology exists. There's no doubt about it. It's possible. There's no doubt about that. Well, what the folks need, and this will also help with that other question that you asked me earlier. Folks are a little discouraged with voting because they think that their vote doesn't count. But if we were to receive some sort of receipt saying. Okay, you voted for this person, this person, this person, this amendment, this amendment, etc., and it's confirmed. Now you know, without a doubt, that your vote counts. But it's a timeout. It's timeout for all these stickers. In fact, if I could be honest with you and the folks that are listening to your to this broadcast, I've got. Let's see. Do you mind if I count? I've got one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I voted stickers. And I can pass these out to whomever. (laughs) My point is, we need digital technology to confirm that our vote counted and our vote mattered. Well, I thank you so much for your information and I really thank you for your enthusiasm because I wanted to turn this episode into a positive to encourage people that no matter what has gone on in this election, don't feel that your vote was in vain. Like I said earlier in my intro, people came out in record numbers to vote Mm -hmm. for the midterms. And even if your candidate did not win, you always have to look at the positive. Something good came out of this. Like for me, I can say I'm taking comfort in the fact that the Democrats took the House and that's because I, I, it was important to me for there to be some sort of check and balance on the craziness that's going on in Washington. Now, what is that going to look like come January when they take over? 
I don't know. I think we're still going to be divided. And as they say, a divided house can't stand. But at least there'll be some sort of check on the craziness that is coming from 45. And uh, I never want to tell any of my listeners who to vote for. Just as long as you mm-hmm. vote and be a part of the process, that's all I care about. Um, but I also, you know, feel that it's important for me to be open about uh, who I am. And so it's okay for you to know that I voted D. But just be a part of the political process and, and know that your vote counts. Now, one more final question for you, D. As involved as okay. you are, do you ever mm-hmm. see yourself running for political office in the future? I, no, I, I, I could not. I would not run for political office because my background won't let me run for political office. <laughs> and I say <laughs> but that you're doing in your a part. way because, mm-hmm. because I say that because politicians are scrutinized. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I grew up in South Memphis. I grew up in 38109, where uh, at that time, uh, Harold Ford Sr. Uh, ran for office, senator, you know, re- represented our, our particular area. Uh, for many, many years. He was scrutinized. I had a chance to meet him, talk with him, etc. This is years and years ago, right? And so for me, I know I'm not, I'm not the perfect candidate, uh, but I am a veteran. I, I fully support, uh, you know, candidates that, you know, represent the military. I, I fully support that. I fully support candidates that are that understand that we're living in a world of a, a country of diverse individuals. Everyone doesn't think like me. Everyone doesn't look like me. You know, everyone doesn't love who I love. And so it's still okay because that's a part of this society. Everyone doesn't speak English like I speak English or, or broken English or whatever you want to call it. But still, their vote matters. So for me, no, I'm probably not the guy that runs. But I will be the person who on social media will post and share knowledge and information that I've learned uh, so that individuals can understand. And if I could say one more thing, Jay. Sure. Let me, let me show you show something. Here's a positive thing that happened here in the state of Florida. On our uh, recent election, the general election, one of the amendments was Amendment 4, which gave convicted felons who did not commit a sexual crime or something like murder, maybe they had a drug charge or, you know, some sort of felony. Uh, Amendment 4 gave these individuals, it, it, it restored their right to vote. And that <laughs> That's passed? That's a wonderful victory. Yes. That's a great victory because, do you know how many people? That was, or that is, one point. For 1.5 million individuals who are now uh, uh, who are now able to get plugged back in to the to the, to, to make their voting voice heard and cast their vote for the candidate of their choice, whether that's Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, etc. That's a great victory. So uh, on one hand, we didn't win all the things that we wanted to win on Tuesday night, but the process is still going on, as you know about the ballots that are being the the, the uh, boxes are being found there in Broward County, you know, uh, the, the the voting process, mm-hmm. they're still scanning, and here we are on uh, Saturday, uh, we got until noon, they've got until noon to uh, turn in some numbers, and they will turn in some numbers, but listen, if, oh, can I, I've got to say so many, so many things, listen, let me tell you what's happening here in Florida, when, when 10 people come to Florida to visit, to check out the place, there are 10 people come, but 12 people stay. The population here in Florida is growing. And I can only imagine how, and I'm in Jacksonville, Duval, which is north uh, east Florida. I can only imagine what's happening in Broward County and Miami-Dade County, which is, you know, Miami. Come on. This, these communities and populations, they're growing. People are coming here and they're staying here. 
So you've got a population growth, right? But you've got uh, systems in place that's probably not prepared to handle all of the mail-in ballots, the military ballots, uh, absentee ballots that come from overseas. So what we've got to understand, and we've got to be a little patient and give, uh, you know, the process a chance to work. If a person, here's what I believe, if an individual was uh, eligible to vote and they cast a vote, whether that was mail-in or they went to the poll, their vote should be counted. And here's the other thing. I'm looking at the calendar, the voting calendar. Right. So numbers don't have to be finalized. Right. Until sometime in December. So we've got time. We've got time. We don't have to rush, uh, you know, per se, uh, to get an early, a quick answer, a quick response. Everybody got just got to be a little bit patient and allow the process to take its course based on the population growth and things like that. That is so, so, so important. One of the things that I did, Jay, is I made a, uh, a shirt that says every vote counts. And then today, I'm going to be getting out, just encouraging individuals to make sure your voter registration is up to date with your name, your address. If you moved, let's make sure it's up to date. Let's turn it in so that there's no excuse for your vote counting. Daryl, I am so excited for the next election in your state because when you said that that um, passed, that those 1.5 million convicted felons will be able to vote. Can yeah. you, when you look at the small margins now that are separating like DeSantis and, and Gilliam, mm-hmm. just imagine the difference that those 1.5 million votes yeah. are going to make in the next election. So you guys yeah. have something to look forward to. There, There's hope. And, and, and there is. And, and, and I've got to say this. It's not the this is the truth. This is these are facts. Unfortunately, Rick Scott, who was governor, he didn't support the 1.5 million uh, to be eligible to vote, or they even put this this is amendment on 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 the ballot. He didn't support this. He felt like, and, and, and I'm just paraphrasing that you know, hey, you did a crime, you, you're not eligible, and that's unfortunate. But I am so glad that folks like uh, Mayor Andrew Gillum and Senator Bill Nelson, Nikki Fry, these individuals encourage you know, this uh, amendment for to be on the ballot so that you give individuals who committed a crime, no doubt about it, serve their time, but to give them a second chance. And I want to send a shout out. Can I send a shout out? You sure can. Yeah. I want to send a shout out to Pam Keith. Pam Keith is the bomb. She is on point. She shares so much information about what's going on here in Florida. Uh, she was on the Roland Martin show. You know, I hope there's no, you know, conflict of interest here. But I'm, my point is, it's important to to get the word out. If we, if we don't communicate, folks yeah. won't know. Information is key. I'm, they may mm-hmm. think I'm talking out of my left brain or something. But I'm only sharing information based on the Florida Constitution, which you can get online and read for yourself. And that's the other thing, Jay. Oh, i got to say this, too. I know you're ready to go. But listen, it's so important for you and for I, for individuals, to Google the Constitution of whatever state you're living in. Google uh, Illinois Constitution law. Uh, Flo- I, I did it. Florida Constitution and about the governor's race or whatever it is that you want to know. It doesn't matter where you live or what you believe or your political party. We have a constitution based on every state, Mississippi, Tennessee, uh, Illinois, you know, uh, California, 
uh, you know, North Carolina, et cetera. Every state has a constitution, and we just got to go by the constitution, period. And then we have the United States of America constitution, which backs up it all. And thank God. <laughs> thank God that we have rights, and we've got to read and know our rights and act on our rights and be excited about it. I'm looking forward. I'm hoping and I'm praying, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, which will be Sunday here, that the judge will announce recount. Recount, recount, recount. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what those recount numbers will look like. Well, thanks, Daryl. We've got to wrap it up. But uh, your enthusiasm, I hope that it's infectious. And I hope that the people that have been yes. listening that are feeling down have gotten uh, a boost of encouragement. And thanks, everyone who has listened to this episode now. And I can assure you that for the time being, I'm done mm-hmm. discussing politics <laughs> on the That's podcast right. I'm gonna for go now. Get me, I'm going to get me some ice cream, and I'm going to get me a soda, and I want me a big, fat, juicy steak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a steak tomorrow, so I can feel you. The intent you today <laughs> the intent today was to process what has happened, but also look forward. And I want all of you listening to remain encouraged and to not give up. Like I said in an earlier episode, the change we need begins with each and every one of us. We can't expect anything different coming out of Washington, unfortunately. As a matter of fact, I expect the rhetoric to get even more toxic. But we can choose to love. We can choose understanding. And we can choose acceptance. We must accept and respect each other's differences. And that includes our political opinions. Your candidate may not have won this time around, but your vote and your voice counted. You were heard, even if you feel you were not acknowledged. Your efforts weren't in vain. Some good things definitely came out of the midterms. More good things still may come, as many race results have not been determined. Either way, we move forward together. We have been through worse times as a nation. We survived and we will again. It's up to you and me to determine what that survival looks like. Love and peace to you all. And this is not a cliche, it's heartfelt. Our sincere thoughts and prayers are going out to all the victims, survivors, their friends and family from the recent horrific tragedies. If there is someone you know that is struggling, say something. You never know just how close to the edge an individual can be, and you may be the person that stops the next tragedy. Until next week, take the time to do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Take care, Dee. Thank you.